0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Good morning, everybody. Uh, Joe Gavallis again with the Safe Senior Hour. I hope you all are doing well. Uh, Today we have an interesting (coughs) uh, show. Uh, We're going to start off with an update on scams from a recent survey that I saw. And then we're going to move in, and, and we're very honored to have as a guest, Lynn Reeves, um, the director of the Northwest Georgia Area Agency agency on Aging. She's been a guest before. But what we're going to talk about in the second half hour about education for the for you for the listeners and for your communities what you can do or what you can suggest to talk about elder abuse and again for our discussions uh elder abuse are three types of abuse one is physical which i think pretty much speaks for itself the second is as fi- uh, financial which is by far the largest and the third is institutional abuse and uh these are uh, affect people no matter what sex uh, um, or status, social status. They can affect everybody uh, all over the world, all over the you know, obviously all over the United States, all over the world. So our first uh, topic today is on scams and information. Um, when I say information, is that there was a survey done. Um, and it uh, it's titled "Entitled Ex- Exposed to Scams: What Separates Victims uh, What Separates Victims from Non-Victims." And what this is very interesting. This was a survey done um, by five uh, um, uh, individuals supported by the uh, Federal Trade Commission, uh, among other things, and the International Association of Better Business Bureaus. Uh, and this uh, survey took uh, had 1408 Americans and Canadians who were targeted and reported a scam. And it was interesting uh, in their survey, uh, apparently out of that 14, roughly 1400, who reported a scam to, to one of the reporting agencies. Forty-seven percent of them didn't engage. It means they got a phone call, and and listened or listened to the or or, or uh, listened to the message, listened to a voicemail, observed it on the email, but didn't engage in any further conversation or in any other action to continue. So therefore, they didn't engage, and they were not victimized. 30 percent engaged but did not lose money which means they chatted interacted but didn't go any farther and we'll go through some of those statistics of why why they didn't go any farther but 23 percent about a quarter of this 1400 people engaged and ultimately lost money Uh, and that's kind of um, enlightening to me I I thought uh, that's I thought it would be less than that, but a quarter of the people who engaged and didn't back out ended up losing money. Um, the, uh, the, the way that they lost money were, were dealing with how they were got engaged. For example, if it was a phone call or was it on the Internet? Internet, as we talked about many times uh, on the show, you know, gives people a lot of courage and a lot of uh, uh, chance to be somebody they're not, to uh, say things that aren't true. Uh, the Because you can erase it, delete, and do what you'd like and just move on. Of course, phones are more personal. Of course, in-person is face-to-face here. Uh, they said that the, uh, that specifically... Scams involving online purchases correlated with the highest levels of engagement and victimization. In other words, people telling you, you can purchase this, you can buy things, you can do things. Uh, people will get more engaged and and end up getting more involved in the scams here. Uh, the the the. Uh, uh, survey goes into approximately, um, it says one in ten in the United States are victims of fraud each year. So one in ten of uh, adults are are, are victims and uh, reported lost complaints to the Federal Trade Commission. Which I thought was kind of interesting. This this study shows twenty five percent. They're estimating 10, 1 in ten, ten percent of all people in America. Um, the uh, some of the factors to to why they got engaged or what what related to being a victim. Remember, that's the purpose. There's a lot of incidental conversations, incidental. Uh, uh, communication between people, but until you're really a victim it 's basically innocent or um, something that 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 you as people like to say they 're toying with people on the phone or on the internet. but once you 're a victim you 're a victim and it says here the first step to being victimized by a scam is to engage with a fraudster. So it's, it's very interesting to me to see that 40% of the survey, excuse me, the respondents re- rejected the offer outright. They hung up, closed the link, ignored the emails, threw away the mailer, delete, deleted the friend's request, or otherwise refused to comply. The refusal to engage, as the survey says, was the uh, predominant response in bogus tax and other debt collection sp- scams and in phishing scams where fraudsters impersonate a trustworthy entity to mislead the target. Um, but 30% of the people in the survey uh, engaged in some degree. And, and as we go out and speak to seniors throughout uh, North Georgia, um, it's Our instructions, and we say it on the radio, are don't answer the phone or talk to somebody you don't know. Let them leave a message, find out what they want, and then let your judgment um, uh, lead you what you should do. But these instantaneous calls where people talk to you or get you on the email and get you into an email conversation – just back off, take take a deep breath. And remember, on the phone calls, on the phone scams, if you don't know the number, don't answer it. Wait to see what the message is, and then you independently call that entity. But I think the, uh, um, uh, the significance on this part is um, that when people saw and suspected a scam, they didn't engage. They didn't go any farther. But... Other people who they say they when you talk to these seniors that they like to just toy and play with the people on the phone um, that they engaged but weren't victimized they realized it was a scam but didn't go any farther but twenty three almost twenty five percent of the of the people surveyed who got victimized continued the discussion um, so some people out there are are. Um, are using, you know, common sense and looking at it here. Uh, they have a table here or a review of, um, of some of their results. And it showed that um, on online purchases, scams, that 84% engaged and uh, 47% lost money. The next one is tech support, and we've spoken about that on many occasions. A lot of times there'll be a red, a red screen come up or a block on your screen saying you're, you've you been victimized by, uh, by malware or techs or things like that, um, and here it is, you know, shut down your computer, pay this money, and we've talked about some of the arrests that have been made in these type of scams of, of millions and millions of dollars. But text support, 64% engaged and 32% lost money. And then it goes down to all the way down to the uh, the uh, tax collection, 15% engaged. And um, sweepstakes lottery is pretty high, 60% engaged, but only 15% lost money. So the idea of engagement and, and looking at it... Um, uh, The highest percent of engagement, according to the respondents to the survey, were those who who, uh, were exposed to a fraud via website and said they engaged, meaning something came in, they saw it, and they responded, somehow uh, answered the email, answered uh, the request, things like that. I think that's pretty significant. The... um, they have a table also engagement and victimization rates by type of contact and as we've told you uh, many times here scamsters scams scamsters, scamsters <laughs> will use uh, phone call voicemail an email website social media and and the you know the old as people call it snail mail postal mail by far the um, the social media and website are by far the, the biggest ones that people engage in uh, you know, people like to answer, you know, their uh, Facebook pages and Twitter and things like that. Uh, social media, and that's where that comes from, um, is a, uh, uh, according to study, 91% of the people engaged, wanted to see what was said, wanted to see who said it. And out of those, 53% of them lost money. Kind of interesting. Um, the least amount was... Um, uh, around postal mail and, and voicemail, when people leave you a voicemail, uh, why why were some of these people? And we've talked about this. Why were some of these people? Why didn't they go any farther? Or why? What, what was their concern? Well, one of the quotes was sounded like a sheriff's deputy, and he was threatening me with immediate arrest if I didn't comply. I was caught off or I was caught off guard and insufficiently informed. Um, some of the other reasons were they seemed official. Uh, I was under the pressure, time pressure. You know, that's just like a used car salesman or some salesman that says, if you, this deal's only good now. And if you don't take it now, it'll never be here, which is almost never a, uh, a, a, a true statement. Now it, it can mean many things to many, many pressure, many people. That's why they try to put you under time pressure. Do it now. Um, Other comment was, I thought the person was nice. These are professionals you're dealing with. They should be nice. They're not there to antagonize you. They're there to get your money. So we got to remember that. I worried about uh, missing out on an opportunity was another response. Well, you know, that's that one-in-a-lifetime deal. So we have to take care and be, be significant of that. And, of course, the other ones, when they called on on various occasions, they felt intimidated. Uh, And a couple of the other ones, I had an opportunity to get ahead financially. I deserved to be rewarded. I had an opportunity to make good on a past mistake. I wanted to please the person I was dealing with, and I felt afraid of being punished. These are some of the reasons people gave. So, with that, we're going to end our first segment and come back to the scam study because it's very important, and uh, some of these statistics are very enlightening. So with that, we'll...
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back to Segment 2 of the Safe Senior Hour with Joe Gavallis. Uh, Today we have an interesting show. Our first half we're talking about uh, scams. A survey that I I found online actually is on the Baker Fraud Report, and you can go look at it. Uh, uh, Baker Fraud Report, I recommend many people, or a lot of people, if you're interested, to go um, look at that uh, Baker Fraud Report comes out almost every week and gives you the uh, best record of, of, of that I found on ongoing scams and some uh, conclusions to investigations and these surveys. Uh, then we're going to be after for our third and fourth hour. We're going to be uh, with Lynn Reeves. The director of Northwest Georgia Area Aging, Agency on Aging. They're known as AAAs all over the United States. But uh, these are people out in various areas and, and her area is basically deals with the primary rural area of Georgia. Uh, how people can be educate themselves and have their community take an active part in educating themselves against elder abuse. But we're going to go back to our, uh, our survey now. And we're going to talk about, you know, preventing financial fraud, what the survey showed there. Um, And I thought this was very, very um, uh, informative. Uh, A comment was, I suspected it was a scam very early on, but I didn't pay attention to my instincts. You know, usually if you talk to people, your first instinct is correct. But people continue because, you know, they want to believe. They want to believe it's, you know, if it's too good to be true, it, it, it isn't true. Uh, these are things that we have to remember here. Uh, the, the survey, and will lead into our, sec, our, our second part of our program today, but the, the survey indicates that having prior knowledge about fraud is particularly helpful in avoiding victimization. That is, the, that is the main issue, and that's what the North Georgia Elder Abuse Task Force and many, many organizations throughout the United States and the world are trying to do right now is to educate, educate, educate the public on these scams and on all elder abuse, whether it be physical, financial, institutional, which I think that's that's pretty significant. And so the question is, how what's the best way to educate people? Um uh, Some factors that they have a chart uh, associated with not being a victim. They knew about methods of the scammers. They heard about it, uh, whether it would be on the media, whether it would be in person, whether it would be documents, whether it be on the web. Uh, The seventy-one percent felt something was not right, and that is kind of a, a a. Good indication of listen to your instincts. Talk to somebody else. Another reason was they knew about the scam type, scam type from from uh, education. Whether it be the tax scam, the jury scam, the DNA scam, the grandparent scam. Uh, I, I can go on the 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 um, the the lottery scam. Uh, if they hear about it and know about it, that's going to kind of keep people from, importantly, not engaging with these people. Uh, some people had prior uh, experience with scams. So, you know, you're not going to get, you know, you're going to, what, burn me once, you're not going to burn me twice. Uh, <clears throat> some very, very uh, astute uh, people research the scammer offer. Independently, They didn't believe what the person said, didn't believe the offer, and therefore, you know, they decided that this was not the appropriate uh, um, deal for them to enter into. And then others ch- actually went as far as check the background of the scammer. If they could find information on the person or the person's doing the scam, they would do a background. And they do that over the Internet. I think if you go on the Internet, you'll see these. These websites, you can go and look look at, at uh, how to do backgrounds on people. Um, a lot of the people said if they had done research before making the purchase, or if they would talk to somebody prior to uh, engaging in the in in the uh, in more conversations with the scammer. And that's what we've always said. Have somebody—I'm sure there's somebody in your life that you can talk to, or you can call uh, somebody in a faith-based community. You can call somebody in in the local government that you know. Call the local law enforcement officers. Report your report what you think is a suspicious scam, or you can go online and report it and and find out. But that's very. Uh, um, uh, very important to look at it and listen what people are telling you read what they say remember read all the all the uh the fine print because that's what helps here uh how the victims how do they learn about fraud we're going to talk about that in the next segment about how to help your community and yourself but by far where the there was was um news stories whether it be in the paper or being on your TV. There's been a lot of series here in Georgia on TV uh, concerning the issues in in various uh, uh, senior homes. Um, The print media is doing articles like that. So in your area, I'm sure the same type of information uh, is going on. They, uh, they did the survey and asked the question, what would be a good source to learn about scams, and where did you learn about scams? Remember, this is a survey of 1,400 people in the United States and Canada. Uh, most of them thought where they learned about the scam and where would be a good source, it's the news stories. And, and I think if you go online or you watch your local TV, radio, or print media, I think that that is a very accurate. I mean, because they visually show you uh, what's going on, and that helps. The next one is a website, and there are a lot of websites out there you can go to. Um, the Better Business Bureau, the uh, uh, Federal Trade Commission, uh, for some of them, the websites for uh, for the newspapers, for the news media, for the TV stations, that they all have, you know, you go on there and they'll talk about it. Uh, another uh, example is public service announcements. I know we tried to do some here. Uh, every TV station uh, or radio um, has uh, um, has the availability of time to do public service announcements. We try to do that, but again, you know it, it only reaches so many people. The other is trying to get it out in social media. I mean, social media is the big is the big, big, um, source of information for many people these days. So we do use here uh, social media. A lot of other entities use social media. When we talk about education the community, we go out and talk to seniors and tell them that they, they're like the eyes and ears and they can spread the truth about scams. So therefore, it's the word of mouth. And it's very important because seniors and elders uh, are... Uh, talk to one another, or they end up in different groups and they pass on what they hear, for example, from our seminars, but hear from other ones to, to their friends and, and loved ones. Uh, educational bro- brochures, we, we issue some brochures. The police departments, we'll talk about that in the next segment. Brochures are, the, are, are to, to summarize what people need to, to look at and be aware of. Um, And then the the least, because you can't get to that many people, are in-person meetings and seminars. That's why we say when we talk to 50 seniors or we're going to have a meeting coming up here, it'll be 100 to 150 seniors. If they go out and each one of them talk to one and then each person out there talks to another person, that's how the, 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 by word of mouth, how things get reported and, and get people to, Uh, to be aware of what's going on. Um, Another perception that a fraudster is official is highly associated with being a victim. And we have spoken about that many times on people calling, saying they're from the IRS and they'll have somebody come out and arrest you if you don't pay this money immediately. Or they're from the sheriff's office or from the U.S. Marshals and you fail to appear in a, in, for jury duty or you fail to appear in court. That gives the idea of officialdom. And, and again, that's one of the, the situations that they're trying to make you feel immediate response is needed and you need to take action or else. Um, let me just say for my 30 years of being a, a, a retired federal agent, uh, I can't remember, and, and talking to local officers and state officers of anybody calling somebody up and saying we're coming to arrest you, because frankly, if you call me instead of coming to arrest me, I probably wouldn't be there. I'd be somewhere, probably going to my lawyer's office or going somewhere. Um, uh, that. More than half the people who responded, which is very significant, reported a third party. That person that I was just talking to, a close friend, a close relative, faith-based, the uh, uh, state or, or federal people, or your government entities, um, or the local law enforcement, that if you could talk to them before you go and proceed to enter- entertain spending money more than likely to somebody you never met, never saw, and only believe what they say on the phone or say on the Internet. And remember, you know, the Internet gives people a lot of courage. So, uh, And, of course, you know, knowledge is power, and we've always said that. That's what education's is about. Um, and, again, just, you know, we've talked about before the gut feeling. Let your gut feeling um rule here. Uh, the uh, point we're going to end here with is that uh, uh, that by far that there is no no difference between men, women. Um, many people in the survey had a college degree whether you're married or unmarried or unemployed. So it's a it's there's no one 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 victim. So with that, we're going to break on this uh, second segment. We're coming back with uh, Lynn Reeves and, uh, and her hopefully her assistant, uh, Lindsay Wilson, to talk about educating uh, yourself and, um, and your community to fight elder abuse.
3: So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at com.
1: Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. Welcome back to the uh, third segment of the Safe Senior Hour. We're very fortunate today to, d- to uh, um, have as our guest uh, Lynn Reeves, uh, the Director of Northwest Georgia Area Agency on Aging, and uh, Lindsey Wilson, who is the Assistant Director and and. We appreciate you all coming on. You've been guests before, and what we're going to talk to today, and what we kind of did when we did a a, a joint presentation up in Nashville the other day to about seven representatives of seven states, is um educ is how education works for the individual and and how you can help your communities help educate uh, um, your. Um, uh, seniors and elders uh, against elder abuse. So welcome today, um, Lindsay and Lynn.
4: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Um, they. Um, we just had in our last se- segment, we had a, I was reading from a survey that was done um, just recently, f- uh, basically funded by the Federal Trade Commission and the Better Business Bureau. And um, they discussed... Um, uh, in detail, they they interviewed fifteen hundred people and uh, or had a survey fifteen hundred people, and the biggest issue that came out of there was education, education, education. So um, that that was the biggest reason people didn't enter into scams because they heard about it. And I know you all are kind of the. Um, I'll just be be honest about it probably the leaders in the state of georgia if not the southeast and promoting that for your area so give us an idea what how big is your area how many people and then we'll talk about what you what you all are doing to help uh, educate people about uh, fighting elder abuse
4: sure um we we are located in rome georgia which is the center for a 15 county area in northwest georgia so we travel a lot. We're responsible for a lot of different individuals um, in northwest Georgia. But we, over, we provide funding for 19 senior centers in the area. And that's one of the places that we begin to work with and to reach out to do education and outreach about elder abuse, financial, physical, exploitation we, like you said, it's our our goal is just to educate them. Um, that's how it started, and then we reach out to faith based communities, civic groups, because there's a lot of individuals that don't attend senior centers, and we still need to be able to provide those folks with the information. Um, we also send out flyers through our home to clients that are primarily living at home they receive our home delivered meals, and we send written information to them um but, but if i could just back up and sure say
1: sure go ahead
4: being being willing to sit down at the table to hold these conversations uh when you first reached out to us to tell us about the elder abuse task force we didn't know anything about that but just being willing willing to listen and 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 willing to go out into the communities. We've met uh, and developed strong partnerships through this process with our local law enforcement, with our adult protective service agencies, and and many others. And now we can just quickly call on them, and we just assist each other in so many ways, besides just the clients one-on-one but also our community
1: partners. Well, you have made available uh, to the North Georgia Elder Abuse Task Force your counterparts throughout Georgia, and um, especially the northern part of Georgia, and we have interacted with them, and, and all of you are trying to, to get the message out. So my hat's off to you uh, just to let our listeners know through your hard work and, and uh uh, and others we've reached in person probably close to 3,000 seniors where we've spoken to oh, over the last you know five years so that's significant
4: right and and then uh, we've talked before about just like this this broadcast hopefully will re- you know reach a large number of seniors but we also do radio um, radio shows locally we do a uh savvy senior show that we go on periodically to not only talk about our services but to talk about the issues that impact seniors such as scams uh we also do a monthly show in one of our northern counties where we educate so that has been a very useful tool also uh through the radio broadcast
1: right i i I think that um the, the, and we'll go into your, the communications that that by h- how you get the information out, how everybody should. And again, as you know, this goes nationwide and worldwide. So are, are there are there your counterparts to your knowledge in every state? Um, um, the uh, A- area agency on aging are they normally in every state or region, or how does that? What's your knowledge well, on that?
4: Uh, they they're in every state. Wow. They may um, be divi- in our state, in the state of Georgia. There are twelve area agency on aging, which means there's twelve directors um, that are my counterpart. And in the other states, it's similar. I just am not sure about their geographic how sure. they're uh, divided throughout the state. So yes, if if there's any question in someone's state or community, they should. They should absolutely, there's a, a state unit on aging or a division of aging services in each state, and they should contact them to see what their local contact would be.
1: Right. I I, I, I think that's uh, that's absolutely a great advice. And, um, and the more we get educated, both as an individual, which you can go on websites and you can read or watch news or read that's one thing but to try to get the community involved which you all did with, with was just wonderful Can, so we you talked about the first thing about being involved in senior centers how, how do you do that I mean you are you, there's something about we try to tie it in with meals how does that work I'm going to turn
4: that over to Lindsay how she goes about scheduling the I mean, basically we just reach out to the senior center site managers and we just try to see what their availability is on their calendars um, and just, you know, get a date inked in and then contact you all and uh, the North Georgia Elder Abuse Task Force. And then from there we contact local law enforcement, um, Georgia Bureau of Investigation, and just try to get all participants, um, just everybody together to have a conversation with the people in the senior
1: center right and for for a lot of people out there don't know about senior centers there's and and it totally enlightened me because i wasn't aware what went on but uh, could you go in some of it i know some of it there are meals you can get there there's different things they do that can you just kind of run that down because it's a great meeting place for people
4: sure so the senior centers in our 15 county area um, most of those provide a lunch which is called a congregate meal site and so they're able to go in and have lunch and the the site manager there at the senior center schedule activities um most days of the week so that the seniors can have some sort of social interaction with each other have activities planned and also a meal so it's a nice place for the citizens to be able to gather
1: now are these meals are they are, are they um do uh, 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 you have to pay for them, or how does that work in senior centers that you're familiar with?
4: The senior centers that we uh, oversee, we are provided federal funding hmm. and some state funding to provide meals in the centers. At this time, there is not a charge for that, but they, they are allowed to contribute or we encourage them to contribute Uh, that's totally up to them now in some states that may be different some states do have a cost share associated with their meals just in Georgia we do not not in northwest Georgia I
1: I do know in some of the ones in in your area that these meals are are really looked upon I think there's some additional charge or maybe two or three I've heard as much as five dollars but the meals are are really looked upon by people the menus are printed what uh, what's um, what what will be uh, for lunch you know through the week or Thursday and um, people should take advantage of that and and it's correct
4: absolutely now the, the centers we um, we oh, that we fund um, there is no calls for them again they can they can voluntarily donate but there are other centers in counties that we don't fund that are operated through the city, the county government, or even through the rec department. Those, yeah. those centers often have meals. Um, they, they do print those menus ahead of time, and they're very active, too. It's just, a, you know, our thing is just get engaged. Um, the meals that we oversee have to meet certain nutritional requirements that go with the Older Americans Act and the state of Georgia so ours are a little more intense. We work with a dietitian to ensure those menus meet those guidelines, and um, we work on a four-week cycle menu that we print. So yeah, they're they're very aware of what they're going to be served, and it's a very nutritious meal that we're serving.
1: Well, I, I like that. I like the idea, and, and I've been there to to watch um, to watch the interactions, and 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 thanks to uh, Lindsay and Lynn, we have. Uh, plan our our talks on on elder abuse, and I say talks; they're more like a conversation with with the uh, seniors, uh, right around or right, usually right before lunchtime. But people are there, and and they do want to, um, you know, they do interact, and and they're there. And I think that's something communities throughout the United States can do. I think. I mean, uh, um, I th- go ahead.
4: We mentioned faith-based groups. We, a lot of older, adult, if it's a you know larger church, they typically have a senior group that meets once a month or every other month, and that is again usually usually around lunchtime. They do some churches do potluck, some have a meal you know catered in, but we do our presentation around lunch, and they they have a large gathering at that time, so it has worked very well for us.
1: Well, I think it's great and and I think it's it's one of those things that enlightened me when you went out that there is a need for this mm-hmm. um, as the survey talks about various various areas that uh, sorts of information that need to be um, need to be addressed and and I think reading this from the survey that I'm going to go over with you all in the last segment here we're about to break but go over about these other sources of information and just show everybody out there how you all have used this from day one to get information out about uh, elder abuse problems. But with that, we're going to uh, end our third segment and look forward to coming back with uh, Lynn and Lindsay for uh, our fourth and final segment.
3: This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business professionals, business practices, and fascinating individuals to get an insider view of how America works. 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Well, welcome back to the final uh, segment of the Safe Senior Hour, and we're very uh, fortunate today to have Lynn Reeves, the director of Northwest Georgia Area Agent, Agency on Aging, the AAAs. It's always easier to say the AAAs. And the assistant director, uh, Lindsay Wilson, um, talking to us about education in the community. And, and my hat's off to them. They are the leaders in Georgia, um, if not in the southeast, of getting this information out to their area. And for the um, people just coming on, they have a 15 county area that they uh, serve. And that's primarily rural, isn't it, uh, um, Lynn or Lindsay?
4: Yes, it is. Uh, you know, as you get, we're about an hour from Atlanta. So of course, as you get closer to Atlanta, it, it changes somewhat. But we do have a, a primarily rural area.
1: And, and this was, and this is why this education, I mean, they do have a, a city. We're going with them um, to put on a, a seminar for seniors coming up in, uh, uh, in the near future here for hopefully 100, 150 seniors to address the financial scams that affect uh, seniors. And again, that brings people together from the metro area of Rome, Georgia. Um, and and my hats off to them. They were the uh, driving force behind this, and uh, that's what we need out there. That's what we need out throughout the United States. You need the community getting together and bringing the information um, t- directly to to the seniors here. The serve. Go ahead. Excuse me.
4: I was just going to say, most area agencies on aging have what's called an ADRC or Aging and Disability Resource Connection. Hmm. And all of those, we have one here, and all of the AAAs in Georgia have those. But those groups have to have advisory committees or advisory councils. And if someone's not sure how to get plugged in, I would say, too, to reach out and ask about when is your next advisory council meeting, when's your next advisory committee meeting, and go to that and say, this is what my interest is. How can I help? And, and they'll work to get you plugged
1: in. Well, uh, uh, if you would all be so kind, can you give everybody what your website is so that people around the country in case they have questions, they'll, they can go to your website and then email um, or email you and uh, or, or Lindsay and answer questions because I, I think this is important, especially after reading the survey here, which we'll go into a little more, that education is everything.
4: Sure. Uh, our website is www.areaagencyonaginginnwga which is northwestgeorgia.com. So it's area agency on aging in NWGA.com. They can just google, you know, area agency on aging in northwest georgia. There is a link to contact us. Of course there's a phone, our phone number, but you can just email that you would like more information to to be contacted and we'll
1: be happy to do that. Uh, and we'll help you try to find, you know, uh, their counterpart in your area, if there right. is one. I'm sure there is one. But the the idea is, you know, you might be able to take the lead out there, um, um, some of the listeners, to get your community involved here in, in in this educational process. The The survey that I just talked about, uh, that was done again, you know, with in cooperation with the Better Business Bureau and with the Federal Trade Commission and uh, three or four other um, uh, entities and uh, and PhDs that, that formed the survey and took it. 1,500 people, roughly 1,400 people in the USA and Canada. But it would say sources of information about scams. This is what the survey showed. What the the people out there, what they, the 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 seniors that are out there that were looking at this, and again, I'm not sure all these people were totally seniors, but but it crosses over, and this is good information for everybody. <coughs> they claim in the survey the re, the respondents of the survey that the first thing they saw were news stories. So, and I know you all up there have tried to 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 assist and. And help in any way of getting it out um, um, on news news stories that 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 were printed. That, then we talk about it when we go to our meetings. So the news stories are a great source. I think that's a, a fair statement. I get the news stories, whether it be TV or be on um, you know in print media. And 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 what I think about was the story up at the. Uh, and the institutional issue of the nursing home up in North Georgia, where the woman died without uh, some question about the care. So, um, I th- right? Do you remember that? You all remember yes. that one, right? Yes. Uh,
4: um, the, absolutely. And you're right. We, uh, if we are made aware of, or we read a current scam, we use all of our resources. To get that
1: information back out to the community well the the next one the next popular one was going to a website now it'd be yours or through websites where people uh, uh handle it i know the federal trade commission has a great website better business bureau but that's another place to go and then the other one is tv radio public service announcements I, i'm I think that's something I, I, I haven't seen that many here I don't know whether you all have done any um, What's your thoughts on those? Uh,
4: we have not done We have not. We do have um, Radio announcements And we have some TV It's more about our services Not directly related to scans mm-hmm. um, Every three months We change over our radio announcement And we're about to change that To elder abuse So we're um, we're about to do a heavy focus on that for the next three months Uh, one tool that we use i don't know if it's on your survey and i definitely don't want to jump ahead but social media is a good way for us also to put a message out
1: you're looking at the survey this is the next one social media. Oh, i'm sorry no that'll be sorry no 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 that that's great and i think that's great and again, so we listen to our listeners, you know, and they heard us say it over and over again. Elder abuse doesn't report itself. Remember that. So, um, but you all use social media. What? How do you do that? What's What's your tools? What do you use there?
4: We use uh, a lot of Facebook. We attempted Twitter. We've just not have been as successful with that. But we do a lot of Facebook. The state of Georgia uses a lot of Facebook. The Department of Human Services hmm. Commissioner has a Facebook page and the Division of Aging, um, so they are very active on it. And but we we post events, we post just information to um, just to get it out there. When we hear things where we go to to post the information quickly.
1: Well, I think that's great. I think social media is the way is is, is the wave of the future, and I think uh, more and more people need to do that. The next one they list is word of mouth, and that, I think, comes from our meetings. I uh, um, um, I think that that gets passed on, and I think, I know, uh, uh, Lindsay, uh, we talk about that all the time when we're there, is that there's only so many law enforcement people up here or regulatory people, uh, and we bring at these meetings what we uh, give the audience some ideas of of who who's at the meetings
4: um local law enforcement including sheriff's office county police department city police department um adult protective services join us sometimes we're fortunate enough we have ombudsman there from our area and georgia bureau of investigation um sometimes we even have local attorneys and prosecutors involved with us as well at this meeting
1: and we have opened up some of the meetings to legislators so they hear the problem because this problem is some, sometimes it's kind of like underground that people don't realize what is happening to, to our seniors. So that's how we get the word of mouth because we tell them there's only so many people up here in the front of the room in our conversational period that, that, um, that they can't arrest everybody. But and we can't get out there and tell everybody, but each one of the people that attend the conference, go tell your relatives, go tell your friends, and that's how it spreads you know word of mouth. And I think that's that's really significant. Um, and that's probably the best way. The next two, and, and, and I know we're getting close to the end of our segment, but is educational brochures, and you all uh, you all make up your own. Uh, can you go into that, Lindsay or Lynn?
4: Well, we've kind of adapted a brochure from the Marietta Police Department here in Georgia. They have been um, very nice in allowing others to use their information and put our logo on it. So we've been very um, fortunate that we didn't have to recreate anything, that they created it and let us use it. we we'll give this out when we go out to any events, um, not just the talks that we have right. the conversations but also other community events that we go to maybe a health fair or a wellness expo you know we give this information out anywhere and anytime that we can
1: and those those brochures just some topics what what are the brochures that you're looking at
4: um it gives um phone numbers um, some phone numbers such as adult protective services or health care facility regulation. It gives the types of abuse and warning signs for physical, neglect, emotional, sexual, financial. It also talks about who is a mandated reporter. And
1: and, and there's also one on power of attorney. I mean, these brochures get out and we hand them out to the people. We also hand out a brochure concerning financial frauds. And the last one which we've talked about is in person meetings, and we've all done those but as 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 we're we're uh, pushing the uh the end of our our segment, I want to thank you all for the great job you do and I appreciate you for coming on today and and for our listeners out there please uh if you have any questions, contact uh, uh lindsay uh, or lynn and and uh, we already gave them the website or contact uh uh, us here at, uh, at America's Web Radio. With that, I want to thank you all, and that will end our, our last segment today on the Safe Senior Hour with Joe
0: Gavallis. Elder
1: abuse doesn't report itself, remember.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for
4: listening.